Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 234, an end-around turkey story. And I am your host, and the guy who is befuddled, because today we are five days, 23 hours, 23 minutes and 35 seconds away from the end of spring turkey season in Alabama. And I was expecting a really good end of season in Alabama. When I say a really good end of season, I'm talking about gobbling wise. I really thought that the way the season started with bachelor groups of gobblers running together still and the hens running together still with no gobblers in their flock. I kind of thought that the end of the season would leave us with some lonely and fired up toms and it looks like my prediction really could not have been further off than it is. Turkeys in the part of Alabama which is central Alabama that I'm hunting still are gobbling a bit on the roost. Not much. And they're gobbling a minimal amount right after fly down. Not much. And then they're done for the day. That's it. The time the gobblers clocked out today was at 6.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. I got one courtesy gobble out of another bird around 7 o'clock. And that was it. No moss. So what do you do? Well, to do any good with birds like that, A hunter really has to know where one is roosted and basically be under his roost tree in the morning or have his or her track shoes on to run to the first bird that gobbles. And we all know that the first bird that gobbles may not be the best gobbling bird and it may not be the right gobbling bird that we need to go to. But if you don't go to that first gobbling bird right now, you may not hear another bird gobble. And then the first one probably will shut up before you even can get close to him. And that is what I've been up against really over the past couple of weeks. I kept expecting it to change and expecting it to change. And well, it just has not happened. The hunting has been quite sad at home in Alabama this season because of the lack of gobbling where I've been hunting. And once again, as the season draws to a close, I will have very mixed emotions about the season ending. I could definitely stand having a few more good hunts. And you guys know that a good hunt to me doesn't always end up with a shot fired or with a dead turkey. But another part of me says, hey, you could use a nap too. (laughs) 
and it looks like I might get one in in about five and a half days. Hey, before I get into today's hunt, don't forget about our current contest that we're running. Now, in order to really be able to enter the contest, you most likely are going to have to have a premium content subscription. Because the contest is that the first person who can answer the question of what did I do wrong? I'm looking specifically for one thing that I did wrong in the hunt that I played for you guys last week. So you would probably want to be able to hear the entire story and the entire audio from the hunt that I played on last week's episode in order to be able to answer the question of what was it that I did wrong during the hunt that was played in last week's episode. The winner of the contest is going to win this Strut Commander Tempest box call. And the Strut Commander Tempest box call is pretty cool. I've mentioned this to you guys before. So it's made of poplar, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to mispronounce this, Hatoba, and it's waterproof. I'm going to run it even though it's going to sound bad because when I run calls for you guys on the show, the microphone just can't pick it up very well. And so the call gets distorted. But I'm going to move the call away from the mic, run this box call for a few seconds, and this is what the winner is going to get. It's a pretty darn good sounding box call, and I like the fact that it's waterproof. Now, I'm not going to stick this thing in water to find out because it is a wooden call. I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess that it's probably water resistant and not waterproof. But I'm just reading what's on the box to you, and it says waterproof. So that's all I have to go by. I am not going to dunk this box call in the water and then ship it to one of you guys who wins it. So, if you would like to win it, you need to send me an email, andy at iamturkeyhunting.com, and let me know what you think I did wrong in that hunt I played for you last week. Again, I'm looking for one thing specifically, and I've gotten some emails from you guys that have two or three things in them, and yeah, what you put in there is probably right. I probably did not do those things correctly. However, that's still not what I'm looking for. So, if you tried once and you didn't get it right, try again. Okay, now, let's jump into today's hunt. So, this hunt actually happened back in in early April when my buddy Drew called me and asked me if I was going turkey hunting the next morning. Well, yeah, of course I'm going turkey hunting the next morning. Do you mind if I tag along? Well, no, of course I don't mind if you tag along. So Drew and I set up a meeting time and a meeting place, and Drew's going to listen to this, but I'm still going to bust his chops here a little bit. I think three out of the four times that I've hunted with Drew, Drew has run a little bit late. This hunt was no different. So when we finally get to our destination, which was my hunting camp, we park the truck, get out of the truck, and immediately hear a turkey gobble. Hey, that's never a bad thing, is it? Well, the turkey's a pretty good haul away. Then we hear another one gobble, very close to the first one. And so we know where we're going. We get our stuff together out of the truck, start walking in the direction of the turkeys that are gobbling, 
which you guys are going to be a little bit more familiar with this week after the story from last week because this week's hunt also takes place in a streamside management zone or an SMZ which is the wooded area between two clear-cut or thinned pieces of property. And in this case, the SMZ is in between two pieces of property that has been clear-cut, which basically means there's not a tree anywhere on that piece of dirt that's still standing. So we drop off down into this SMZ and start walking towards the gobbling turkeys. Well, I think we spooked one turkey off the roost, but we kept going. We were pretty sure that was a hen. And now it's getting to be about fly down time. But we got to a spot to where I thought, hey, we need to call and check the location of these birds, see where they are, see where they're going. If they're coming in our direction, then we need to be ready to go. So we sit down on the edge of this creek, the stream that runs through the streamside management zone. Now, when you hear the audio, you're going to know that we're pretty close to a creek or a stream because you're going to hear the water running next to us down through the rocks. So if you guys need to use a bathroom, I recommend you do that before you listen to the podcast because the podcast is probably going to make you have to go a little bit worse. But we get into this SMZ, we sit down and we start calling and immediately we hear...
there's a hen roosted not far from us and she was extremely talkative to the point of it being about oh 30 minutes worth of talkative but during all of that hen talk there was no gobbler gobbling at any of it and drew and i decided we were going to get up and follow the creek just stay in the creek and follow it around towards where we last heard the turkeys gobble to see if we could get a little bit closer to where we heard them gobble last in hopes that we would be more in that gobbler's circle to get him to respond to our calling. But instead, Miss Talkative had different plans for us at that point. Do you want to get back in the creek and go another 50 or 75 yards and see? At some point, we gotta move on him, either to go home or kill him for another. Turkeys on the ground. Not much is falling down.
Unfortunately, Drew knows me well enough to know that about 80% of the time, I'm joking around about something. And so, of course, he knew I was joking around about shooting the hen. But I told you last week, no matter what I'm doing, I like to have a good time. I like to have fun. So I'm going to crack jokes, even when I'm calling to a turkey. Well, it wasn't too much longer after we sat back down on the creek bank that Miss Talkative started to get a little bit sassy. And I started to get sassy back to her. I'm not going to just sit there and take that kind of verbal abuse. So I may have lashed out a little bit. see her if you don't shoot her for all the things that she just said to me I'm gonna be very upset with you I mean if your buddy doesn't have your back in a situation like that then who can you count on now this foul language went on for about three and a half minutes and I guess Miss Talkative finally had enough and determined that maybe she had won that argument or maybe she had lost that argument but she was getting out of town that's about 15 minutes more calling that I've done the entire season up to this point. And that joker still hasn't gobbled. I don't think he's in there for me. Unless he's got 14 hands around him. I'm only worried about one more. Or two more. As bossy as this one is, You'd think all the other hands would be coming in here to see what was about to happen. She's sitting there watching us the entire time. Yeah, I don't know if she's going to finish or not. Probably seen me when I was moving. Look at those idiots down there. But, that's ridiculous. Let's ease down here and see if we can't find him. So Drew and I eased on down the creek about, I don't know, 50 yards maybe, and stopped and called and well <laughs> miss talkative came back to see us <laughs> she 
shooter. Are you kidding me? That's not a shooter. That's what she said to me, you're not in a shooter. Did she just come from that pine tree? I don't know, I just... Where did she come from? What are these turkeys doing in trees out there? She lost her mind. That's the first. Flying from tree to tree to get to the hen that she heard calling. She knew exactly where that hen was, didn't she? Exactly. Um, so that is three turkeys that have been in a tree. Because that was not the same turkey that flew off a while ago. Because that bird flew off over here and flew that direction. Yeah. This one was the one I was calling to. Mm -hmm. that thought she was on the ground. So three turkeys in the tree at what time is it? 7.45? I mean, what's the deal? Do you have any rhyme or reason? Man, that's not like it's the first time I've seen it, but I never understand it when I do see it. No, I mean, the only thing I can think of is how difficult it's going to be to decoy any birds around here. You have to climb up a tree <laughs> and tie a decoy onto one of the limbs. <laughs> then start calling. Then start calling. I need to bring my ladder stand. <laughs> so I can climb some of these trees. Oh, man. After she had flown off away from us, we walked down the creek, called, and she flies back in and lands in the tree right next to where we're standing. And as soon as she hits the branch, she sees us and flies right back the direction that she came from. So you heard it. Drew and I are sitting there kind of scratching our heads, trying to figure out what in the world this hen is doing. After a couple of minutes of discussion, we press on and continue walking down the creek, trying to locate the gobblers that we heard gobbling. And I kept checking on X as we were walking, and I noticed we were getting to the end of the cutover, basically the end of the SMZ, where the SMZ turns into just woods. There is no distinction any longer where the creek is that we're walking along. And as we approach the point of that clear cut or cutover, I told Drew, let's slip up to the edge of it on top of this hill and just glass as we walk out into it because there may be turkeys out in it. So we get up to the edge of the clear cut and we actually stopped there. We glassed a little bit, didn't see anything, and decided to call to see if we could strike a bird. And then... It's just flying around looking for a friend. I think that was a crow growling, but... This is ridiculous. I've never had a turkey. Yeah, Miss Talkative came back to see us again. This time she probably had to fly about 300 yards to get to where we were. And 
once again, she landed in the tree right next to us. I can honestly say in my 25 years roughly of turkey hunting, I have never had that happen before. Maybe once, but definitely not twice. So after we run Miss Talkative off for the, what's probably the third time now, we ease on out into the cutover. There's a road that runs through the middle of the cutover, and we're going to walk that road back to the truck. But of course, we're not just going to walk the road. We're going to walk and call and glass. So we start up the road, and we see a spot in the road that has several turkey tracks in it, but it has drag marks, strut marks all in the road. There was a gobbler that spent quite a bit of time in this road strutting. So we looked at that for a little bit, studied it, talked about it, and continued on down the road. And then we stopped and I said to Drew,
So after that turkey gobbled the first time, I was in no rush to go running down in the direction where that gobble came from because we get a lot of courtesy gobbles in Alabama. You know, those gobbles that are basically just saying, hey, I'm over here, but they're not really interested in closing the distance and coming to us while we're calling. And so what ends up happening on those courtesy gobbles is we walk a quarter of a mile, sometimes half a mile, to get into the area where that turkey gobbled from. And we call to see if we can get the turkey to gobble again, and nothing. Well, I didn't want to play the courtesy gobble game at this point in the morning. So that's why I told Drew to call and make him gobble again. When Drew called, the turkey didn't gobble right away, but he gobbled at a crow. And at that point in time, I wanted Drew to make him gobble one more time because he's now gobbled two times at crows and really has not gobbled in direct response to Drew's calling until the third gobble. And when he gobbled the third time, it was pretty obvious that he was getting closer to us. And that means that he was interested in what Drew was telling him. And so we needed to get moving pretty quickly to get set up. Now remember, we're in the middle of a cutover. And so there's not very many places to set up in the middle of a cutover. So we decided that we were going to walk over to the woods line and get just inside the edge of the woods with the cutover that we were just standing in to our back. So that's what we started to do. We started walking in that direction, and then a thought crossed my mind. It's a stupid question. He likes this spot, and he's probably come here and called birds and called hands in before. So once we got to the edge of the woods line, we talked about a little game plan. I'm not saying he won't walk out in it, but that's kind of thick. This is not quite as bad. But, I mean, the creek's there. We know he's on the other side of the creek. I say let's just slip right in here and call if he gobbles. Then we can kind of feel him out and see what he's doing. I mean, if he's just traveling the creek. So we got into the area that we wanted to sit and call, and we started calling, and about 22 minutes later, here's the audio.
So that shuffling sound you hear right there, well that's me scooting my rear end around because this turkey circled us and came in behind us. Hence the title of the show, An End Around Turkey. So I spin around, get my gun ready, and I'm thinking he's going to pop his head up over the top of that hill that was behind me any time now. And when he does, it's over. Now, if you're counting, that's approximately 135 beats per minute. Yeah, the old ticker that you can kind of hear in the background is going double time. So that turkey comes in behind us, gobbles about six or eight times, and I mean he was gobbling hard and often for a very brief period of time. Came in behind us, gobbling, and gobbled the last two times further away from us than he was the two or three times in the middle of his gobbling series that he went through, and then went quiet. So I'm not real sure at this point why he's gone quiet. He was so fired up for a minute. He went from zero to gobbling his brains out for about a solid minute and then went back to zero 
just like that. So because we don't know where he is, because he's not gobbling, I called Drew up to me. And when Drew gets there, the plan is that we're going to use the fan and walk out into the cutover, keeping the fan between us and where we last heard the turkey gobble. All right, you ready to kill him? Now, as the crow flies, we're about 600, maybe 800 yards away from where Scott McDonald and I fanned in those two turkeys that we killed, just in a different section of cutover. But it's the same type of cutover. Again, there's nothing in it. So it's about like walking through an open field, but very hilly. So we slip out into the cutover with the fan in front of us. We get to the top of the hill where the turkey gobbled the most. We're looking all around the cutover for any sign of that gobbler and we see nothing. We ease out into the road where all of the strut marks were thinking, okay, there's a chance he's there strutting. And when we got there, nothing. And that was the end of the hunt. Now I'm not much into I told you so. It does no good. Everyone knows what the I told you so is. And for me, I'm okay not being right all the time. Or if you ask my wife, I'm okay not being right any of the time. And I'm not going to say that we would have killed had we sat down somewhere in that clear cut near where the strut marks were in that road. Because, like I told you, there really was not a good spot to sit in that clear cut. So there is no I told you so. We did about the best that we could do under the circumstances. Now, we may have been able to play the turkey fan if we'd been able to see that turkey come out into the cutover from a distance, but there's no guarantee that that would have worked either. The turkey fan, at best, is a 50-50 proposition because if that turkey is not an old dominant bird, he's going to shy away from that fan. So there was no I told you so. There was no you should have listened to me. We should have listened to me. There was none of that because there was no use in it. It did no good. It doesn't change the end result. Even if we'd done what I suggested, which would have been, hey, let's get out in this clear cut, we don't know that that would have worked either. And to boot, I was not 100% sure that the clear cut is where we needed to be anyway. If I was, I would have been more adamant about we need to be in the clear cut. But I didn't know. It was just a thought that came in my mind as we were walking to the woods line. And that is one of the things that I think makes turkey hunting so much fun. It is a chess game. And sometimes we're the ones that get checkmated. So question for you guys. I have my theories of why this turkey acted the way he acted, but I want to get your input. Was this turkey a runner? And by a runner, I mean the gobbler that comes into the area that you're in, gobbles his brains out, turns around, walks away, gobbling, but never closes the distance and comes in. Or do you think this is just a wise, 
old public land turkey. Yeah, we're hunting private land, but all of that land, not last year, but the year before, was public. And this turkey did what I have heard several turkeys do in the past on public land, and that is come in behind the hen that they hear calling. So what do you think? Runner or old public land bird? Of course, we have no way of knowing for sure, but I'd still like to hear your input. What do you think happened here? Email me, andy at iamturkeyhunting.com. Look forward to hearing your responses. Listen, I hope you guys enjoyed that. You know, this hunt stuck out for me for a couple of reasons. First, that crazy hen. What is up with that? Flying around from tree to tree, and I'm not just talking tree hopping. When I hear tree hopping, I think of hopping from this tree to the one next to it, to the one next to it, to the one next to it. This turkey is taking flight and flying 100, 200, 300 yards to where she hears another turkey calling to make sure it's another turkey. That was just craziness to me. I'm wondering... Do you think she was crossbred with a crow? What in the world? And now, again, I can speculate on that. And my speculation is that she has been called in by a human being more than once. Remember that whole thing I just told you about this land being former public land? This could be an old hen who has been called up many times and spooked by a hunter pretending to be another hen. The second reason this hunt kind of stuck out to me is getting circled and duped by turkey really rubs me the wrong way. But having a hard gobbling turkey at 40 yards, maybe 50 yards, with basically nothing but air between you and him sure is exciting. In fact, I'd be tickled if it happened again tomorrow morning. How do these turkeys get so smart with the brain the size of the end of my thumb. Don't forget, email me. What do you think this Tom's deal was? Old public land bird or a runner? Okay, so I mentioned to you guys before I started playing the replay of the hunt about our contest. I'm not going to go into all that again, but to enter the contest, you need to email me andy at iamturkeyhunting.com and give me your take on what I did wrong during the hunt of last week's episode. And that's it. That's all that I've got for you guys this week. But I'm going to ask you for a favor. And the favor is this. If you would, share this week's episode with a friend using the share feature of your podcast player. You can go and click the share button. Your app will ask you how you want to share the episode. Share it by text message and text the link to your hunting buddies. That's a huge help for me. And I do very much appreciate it. With all that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, 
and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.